kid. Tommy, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's play ball. So can you just give me a bit of your baseball background? Okay, yeah. So my baseball background, so I, I come from Gaithersburg, Maryland, which is a, a pretty busy suburb just outside D.C. Uh, I'll start from the very beginning. I grew up, I wanted to be just like my brother. My brother uh, was a Division One pitcher at U, uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore College. Uh, but me wanting to be like him, you know, came – I can remember age, was it age six? I don't know what grade, maybe it was like second or first or second grade. I remember, and my mom saved the paper. She, you know, basically I, I said I want to be like my brother because he's an awesome baseball player. So I, I like to start there because that's where my career really started is, you know, I got to watch my brother and compete against my brother uh, my entire life. He's four years older than me. So I, I have to really attribute all my success to him and my family. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of success in my career, um, you know, on a, on a huge level, but I still, I still did okay. But so my background is, you know, I'm from Gaithersburg, Maryland. I played four years of, uh, high school baseball. I was lucky enough to go to Marshall university on a pretty nice scholarship uh, played four years of baseball there where I was a catcher. Um, I had some good success there. Um, and then I eventually got drafted in the 27th round by the Seattle Mariners. And then um, I got released by them, I think it was it 2010, 2011. Something like, I can't, I don't keep track of that stuff anymore. Um, and then I played a half a season independent ball. Uh, and that's kind of my baseball background uh, before coaching. So what are you doing right now in baseball? Uh, what am I doing right now? So right now I do some, uh, I run a training facility called Pride Performance Athlete Training. Uh, we're data driven. Uh, we're getting, we're, we're currently working on getting all of our data more organized so we can start sharing some of our data if we see things that really help. But uh, I would say my facility, my programs are really built more around human movement science with technology to back us up. So we use like K-Motion, we use body track, last motion, rap soda. So, you know, some of the bigger platforms out there. Um, and it's really just trying to give people a non, you know, a non-biased opinion or actually just facts on how to develop baseball players. Um, that way, you know, going from coach to coach, they, I, I, I've had a lot of really good coaches come through my facility. Actually, they leave. So what, what we've actually I've done is built out systems. So that way, regardless of who's coaching the kid, obviously there's, there's value in having really good coaches. Um, but the value comes from is having a system and having ways of measuring things and looking at things and from coach to coach, having a system to develop kids off of. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I also do some consulting work with some professional teams and some professional coaches that I, I really don't talk much about because I like to keep that private um, because, you know, the conversations I have with those, I, you know, I value and I want to make sure that, you know, they stay safe. Um, but that's pretty much what I'm doing now. So like you just said, you used a bunch of technologies at your facility. So how do you use them? And then what do you use? So uh, I use them to get, a, get baseline readings and see how over time, my program's affecting them. And it also allows me to write the ship. If it's say, 
say, you know, I have this inkling one's having a hip mobility issue. And then I go to uh, K-Motion. The K-Motion says, hey, look, they don't, you know, in real time during their swing, they get enough uh, internal rotation at the lead leg or their pelvis rotates enough. Um, and, and it decelerates well enough. So sometimes, you know, using this data or using this technology is really a way to, uh, I guess, govern what I do. Um, so that way from their baseline tests to, you know, their uh, evaluations nine weeks down the road, uh, we can kind of see a before and after. And along the way, we pick up little snippets of what things look like. But I ultimately don't like to evaluate too much because of the population I coach. We're, you know, in one of the, I would say, one of the top public school systems in the United States. We got a lot of, you know, with all respect, we have a bunch of nerds in our county. Uh, That includes me. But you give these people a little bit too too many numbers, they obsess, and sometimes they become self-destructive. So I I try to uh, spoon-feed them what I can and what I feel they can handle. Um, as far as the platforms we use and the different technology we use, uh, we use Rapsodo for, you know, uh, ball flight work. It'll give us the real-time data on what their ball is doing, spin profile, exit velocity, launch angles, you know, f- field angles. Uh, and, you know, I use all that to also determine, you know, that path because we're getting high spin rates and a lot of pop-ups with low exit velocities. Well, Chances are bats cutting in and out of the zone and, you know, we're not, we're not making flush contact or, or our swing isn't designed to do so. So it allows us to kind of uh, do some constraint work, maybe switch up the bat type to kind of get there and get them the angles they need. Um, with glass motion, we use that. Um, we use it for bat fitting. As you know, Great Lakes bats, they do awesome stuff, man. Like I just got my bat the other day. I took a swing with it uh, this morning. I hit a bunch and, I'll tell you what, that technology is, is fantastic because, you know, not many times I pick up a bat and I'm like, holy, oh, sorry. Uh, holy crap, that feels great. Uh, um, sorry about that, by the way. Uh, so, you know, using that technology really allows us to help not only design a swing, but also determine what bat if someone needs. So, like, the emergence of those two things together is amazing. Um, also body track. So we look at, uh, ground interactions. So I wasn't, I'm not capable of affording a Burl tech yet. Um, so I went with a, uh, you know, a really good option called, you know, body track. I got the, the 70 inch one. I love using that because it, it gets, you know, like I said, you can hold uh, an iPad in front of a, an athlete and have them understand what weight shift and, you know, an external rotation of your hips looks like at the ground um, and also feels like, you know, when, when, and when they get appropriate internal external rotation in their movements at their hip, you know, it, it, it really, really reflects and it shows in uh, trace patterns and in, in, in different ways. And you know, for me, uh, having that insight can kind of allow me to compare their movement screens to what's going on. And that's valuable when making decisions because um, some people only have a couple months to prepare for a big showcase. And that could be the difference between them because they're getting a school that they like, uh, unfortunately. So on your Twitter uh, bio, you state you're a learner with a whole bunch of letters after it. So can you tell us about your passion for learning and how it applies to helping your athletes? Okay, so my passion learning. So a lot of the stuff that 
I experienced in my childhood really shapes who I am. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't favored by teachers with my intelligence, if you know what I mean. I'm trying to be nice about it. Um, and also like with baseball, same thing. I had a coach told, told me I'd never be good, any good. So at a young age, I was told I was not very smart and not very good at the two things that I love. Uh, so, uh, I actually believed the, the intelligence side for a long time. Um, all the way up until, you know, I got to my master's degree and then I was like, well, how did I do all of this with the lack of intelligence? And it, it wasn't true. So I went back and got my master's and, and exercise science. So, um, all those letters are, I really put them up there so I can communicate and communicate with different populations of trainers. So whether it's a, a strength coach, a physical therapist, um, uh, a manual therapist, uh, you know, a, a hitting guy, you know, whatever you want to call them. It's just, I put it there so they know that if there's ever a conversation to be had, I can, I can speak their language and I'm willing to speak their language. Um, my passion for learning, like I said, really came from my inadequacies or my described inadequacies in learning. And I just felt after my baseball career, I knew there was more to what I was doing and I didn't know enough. So I got, um, I worked for a, uh, an organization um, on baseball field. And I noticed that, you know, we were talking a lot about player development, but we never were developing anything other than just like the swing and the throw. And most of the time we weren't moving the way that we were desiring them to move. And then we'd all get mad. All the coaches were like, the kid just doesn't have it. The kid just, and it's like, I'm, I'm just like, well, I didn't have it either. Like, why? Like, why? Like, what are we going to do about it? So I actually got away from coaching on the field. I haven't coached on the field, I think, about eight or nine years. Um, and I did that because of one political reason, too. I felt that player development in my, in my area, there was none. And that's why, like, if you look at the population density, we should be pumping out more professional athletes because we have one of the densest populations. So, but it's not happening. So I started noticing this stuff and it really drove my need one for my own failures. It drove my need to know more about the human body and how to train them. Um, and then how that affects, you know, skill acquisition and, you know, quote unquote sports specific movements. Um, so I really, really think, you know, the whole becoming a big learner thing was because I was a failure at one point and, you know, it drove me to, to no longer want to feel that way. So, um, I, again, I, I, I'm not sure if the school system is right for me. Um, I just don't think it was the environment, like I did well in school, but I, I did, I just passed fast. So from this point forward, you know, it's really been, how can I make the people I work with better, healthier? And, you know, how can I make their dreams of becoming healthier, fitter, um, you know, more athletic or playing baseball longer? How can I make that more of a reality for them? So between my failures and my current clients and, and all the, all, all my past clients, they've been my motivation because there, there are certainly people that I have failed, um, you know, and there's nothing I could do about it because it, it, it you know, it's, it's the progress that is what's really important. But, you know, going back, I look at some of the things that's like, man, 
only if I could have gotten to this bit of information earlier, you know, I think, I think, you know, that's, I think that's the journey. And I think that's what everyone should be on. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll never tell anyone, you know, I, I know more than them because it's, there's, that's, that's, that's not ever the case. I think being able to, you know, put the books down and, and listen to people and look, look through other people's lenses, uh, on, you know, certain educational viewpoints and, you know, hitting the leaves or whatever you want to call them. I think it's important to take it all in and, and find out what works best for you and what works best for the people you work for. So a recent tweet on Twitter, you said, parents, if you want to help your athlete succeed, you should invest in a whoop, which I completely agree with. I've had one for several months. So can you tell us uh, why you feel this way and what it helps parents with? Yeah, I just, I just think load management, man. I think, you know, hey, we're, we're, why, why is mental health at an all-time low? I think, I think honestly, people are doing way too much and they have no way of understanding what they're doing to themselves. Like I, I, it was a rude awakening for me. You know, I'm an obsessive worker. Like I don't even know I'm working most of the time because it's just what I do. And then I, I, I when I come out of my bubble, I'm like, Oh, I'm so stressed out. And then I like look at my whoop and it's like, okay, you're under recovered. You've burned 4,000 calories already today. Like, and you have barely eaten anything. So it made me realize holy crap, if I'm doing this to myself, what are these kids doing that have no education on how to take care of their bodies, how to sleep, and, and how to load manage, you know, between school, social media, um, you know, family life, social life, you know, and sports. I mean, that's a lot to manage. And then, you know, not to mention, like in the social media thing, we're looking and comparing ourselves and judging ourselves based off other people. So there's, there's a lot to be managed. And I, I feel like having a way like to use colors and numbers to understand what's happening physiologically. I think it's, an, I, I believe it's super empowering. And I, I feel that $18 a month, you know, that's like what 50 cents a day, pretty much less than, you know, like people are buying McDonald's every day. It's like, okay, well, Maybe if you had a whoop, you buy one less pack of chicken nuggets a day and you can understand how that those, you know, the McChicken is destroying your body. So like it, it, I think there's just so much there that isn't being looked at. I think we're, we're just trying to do more without understanding how it, the, the, you know, the ramifications and, and, and the effects that come with overworking and overreaching. So final question here, who do you got win- winning the World Series? Oh, man, you would do that. Because I, 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 have, I have an emotional investment, and that's beyond them being on my local team. I, my, my, my really good friend, uh, Matt Iden, he's a strength coach for the Washington Nationals. He's, he's been somewhat of an uh, unspoken role model to me because when I was, when I was done playing baseball, uh, or not done playing baseball when I was in my last, right after I got drafted, um, he, he really tried to help me. He really tried to show me what better training was. Of course I didn't listen because, you know, I was a professional athlete and, you know, I had gotten myself to a certain point, but you know, this guy is one of the best in the game. He's always learning. Him and I talk pretty regularly and, you know, it's, that I, I, I want the, I, I think the nationals are going to win. 
I personally want to see my friend uh, walk around with a World Series ring on. Uh, he's dedicated his life to to the craft of making everyone he works with better. You know, he takes the time to chat with me. He takes the time to help a lot of people. And you know, seeing a guy like him win, you know, it it it, it would be it'd be really fun to rock, to, to watch, and you know it it'd be really cool to see, you know, I, I think I, I, no one really deserves him in the world series, but if someone does, it would be a guy like him. Perfect. Thank you much. So much for playing ball. Oh, for, you got it. Anytime. If you ever want to have me on again, just give me a holler. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show, the algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. And don't forget to play ball, kid.